Welcome to the Sacred Ancestry Podcast, a show about discovering the true human potential. Let's dive deep into physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. I'm your host, Thomas Worm. Writing a book isn't about the actual book because there, there's going to be those obstacles that try and derail you from the actual writing. The key is preserving through the pain of writing every day. The book begins to highlight your emotional deep core wounds in a way that makes you want to quit writing, right? But if you stay on the course, the old beliefs, the old identity of yourself, the negative ways of thinking begin to fall away. And suddenly, a new way of being starts to emerge. This is when the book begins to come alive and write itself. Because in this moment, you aren't writing the book. The book is writing itself as you have this internal transformation. This is the essence of healing through writing. Is your book screaming from the back of your mind? I know mine was. What would happen if your healing journey stopped here? You never got over that final hump. Your regret, remorse from not writing your book was the source of mind, body, future disease. I mean, what would you tell your clients if you couldn't work anymore? Go be healed somewhere else? I mean, what would happen if your business failed because you hold yourself back from your highest self? What would it be like if you regretted the book you never wrote and your last thoughts in your deathbed was, I wish I would have written that book. See, all these things are tragic, but it's possible for you to reach your big dream and be a number one best-selling author. When the book heals the author, the book heals the reader. This is a powerful concept because when books heal the reader, they sell and they go number one bestseller. So I'm starting this movement of healing through writing and using the breakthrough session to release the root cause of writer's block, that procrastination, that loss of motivation when you started writing your book or you had the idea and you never started. There's one-on-one coaching calls, weekly homework and accountability. After a comprehensive health assessment, we build habits and systems and goals to keep you on track. There's MP3 guided meditations, one-on-one hypnosis. And then I really teach you how to get published, how to self-publish, or publish with my company, Mountain Mind Tricks Publishing. Then you leverage your book on podcasts, talk shows, speaking engagements, and you manifest that prosperity and passive income you're really looking for in your business. So I want you to check out BreakthroughWritersBlock.com and join the Healing Through Writing movement. It'll be the best thing you ever did in your life because writing a book will completely change everything. So go to BreakthroughWritersBlock.com. Again, that's BreakthroughWritersBlock.com. I'm so excited for my guest today, Daniel Eide. He's a biofield tuning practitioner, a master practitioner in NLP, hypnosis, and mental emotional release, and a RAD certified substance abuse treatment mental health technician. And uh, yeah, just so excited for Daniel. He's an amazing person, amazing writer. And we're going to talk about sound healing, and we're actually going to have a live sound healing session here today. So it's just going to be an amazing episode. So Daniel, uh, could you introduce yourself and kind of let us know how how did you get into sound healing and um, what was that journey like? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Thomas, for having me. Um, 
Well, sound healing uh, was born out of my own desire to um, to heal my own body and my own mental and emotional crisis. And um, I had been a trained musician, uh, performed professionally for years uh, back on the East Coast, Boston and New York. And, and in my own, um, you know, kind of rebirthing of myself in my late 30s and early 40s, I started looking at different ways of using sound to work with my mental and emotional and spiritual awakening process, and um, and it, it turns it started out as a you know um, doing drum circles, which I have to admit I was a bit snobby about at first. I didn't really see the the real power of it, um, but as I got more and more into it, started to go to powwows and learn more about. You know, indigenous peoples, first peoples, um, you know, processes of using sound uh, for, for um, you know, for, you know, working in uh, sacred ceremony. Uh, it just started to speak to me and needing something from myself. I started to look more and more into it, attend uh, different gatherings of musicians that were more spiritually inclined. Uh, of course, one thing led to another and I found myself looking at instrumentation from different parts of the world, from India, from Africa, from, from other portions of Asia and South America, and really just became my own self-initiated you know, uh, ethnomusicologist looking into all the healing ways that uh, sound could uh, work in my life. Oh, that's amazing, Daniel. And, and can you explain to us, like, how, how does sound actually heal the body, heal the mind, heal the spirit even? I mean, um, I think I have a good idea, but I would love to hear from a practitioner on how exactly is, like, the sound waves? Is it the energy? Like, what's happening and how does this work? Yeah, on, on a superficial level, you know, it, music and sound just makes us feel good. Um, anything that that provides a, a harmonic frequency that just basically comforts us you know that right away is very relaxing very enjoyable and you know that's part of what makes us um, heal is being you know rested and, and well cared for um, the science of it is actually unfolding on a daily basis which is really exciting um, you know 20 years ago uh, there was a lot of you know, more esoteric references to sound potentially being helpful, going back to using music in a hospital and doctors, you know, waiting rooms as helping the patients to, to relax before going into their treatments. And then they discovered there was much more going on than just, it's a nice feeling. And they found that through frequency and vibration, there is actually something called the law of entrainment where the higher value or the more harmonious coherency was literally, you know, um, balancing other incoherencies or uh, uh, disharmonious uh, vibrations. And so the one would overwhelm the other and, and really pull the out of tune into tune. And of course, like I said, this is an unfolding kind of science and every day new discoveries are being made you know, sound is less on the periphery as kind of a, as a, an indulgence, but if now it's looking more and more like um, it's a legitimate science for aiding the body, the mind, and of course the spirit in creating um, healing. And uh... Oh, that's amazing. So I'm curious on, have you ever heard of a Rife machine? Yes, I have. 
And I'm curious if this sound, these frequencies are not that we're tuning into a virus or anything, but if we're, if the same idea applies that maybe these healing frequencies are matching something in the body and helping it kind of move or dissipate or things like that, is that what's happening? Yes, it is. It's the law of resonant frequencies. And so when you activate a, a, um, a what they call a coherency or a harmonic, um, it'll activate the similar or self-same sound with, within. Um, you made, I've heard you more than once reference that uh, one tuning fork will activate another tuning fork just by resonant frequency. And, uh, and this is true within our human bodies. And uh, now we're learning that our neurology is responding to a similar uh, frequency and vibration, which is subsonic. It's actually going on beneath our, our hearing spectrum. It's happening at the, uh, at the quantum level or the photonic level, or sometimes you hear the words energy used, that there's actually a frequency and vibration and it's energetic. And, uh, and we are still as a species developing the, the tools and the techniques uh, for identifying and measuring these frequencies where we're still in the infancy in the understanding of it. Although I can say uh, from the teachings uh, of others going back hundreds and sometimes thousands of years, there was an understanding of sound frequency and vibration from our ancestors and some of them our ancient ancestors which was superior in knowledge and understanding than what we're exhibiting today so we really are in the process of remembering um, ancient technologies oh it's such an amazing time to be alive isn't it and yeah it's just unbelievable because i think to me i've always had this feeling or thought of like because I'm always in fantasy or imagination and, and all these ancient civilizations, but it's like, I wonder if they built the pyramids with sound waves, because that is actually a theory that's out there. So there's there's so much to that, to the sound. And and I, I do want to talk a little bit about, um, I'm going to murder this word, but the, um, the uh, gosh, the Ichiros in uh, Peru, I can't say that word right. I know somebody else can say it better, but basically the shamans, that work with ayahuasca and it's so interesting because they claim that the ayahuasca of course is important part of it but the most critical piece of the ceremony is actually their chanting their songs and i just want to get your take on that oh it's, it's absolutely fan it's fascinating and uh, and that there's a resurgence in plant medicine in sacred ceremony and the use of the sacred songs it's, it's just it's um it, it's perfect you know it's uh we're returning to uh, a much more um, uh, organic process of healing ourselves and um, and yeah and I have not experienced that healing uh, ceremony but I've read quite a bit about it and uh, and I I don't require any convincing my my heart is open and I accept that there's there's definitely something in in the frequency and vibration of the sacred words uh, and the tones and uh, not just how they're sung, but when they're sung. The timing is actually really important. So the shaman who's you know literally singing and performing while the, um, the plant medicine is doing its thing, um, it's a wonderful um, you know, orchestration of, of, uh, of sound and space and sacred ceremony. You know, the ancient Sanskrit teachings also have very similar definition of, of mantra and prayer at specific times to create specific effects. 
and they too have um, documented uh, ceremonies that use horns and frequency and vibration to levitate and move very large bodies of, of dense mass like like stones in the construction of sacred pyramids. That's so so interesting. You you tie this back to um, Sanskrit and in India. And what's what's so amazing is when I was in Nepal, I remember walking through Kathmandu, and all the shop owners would have their incense burning. And it's not like incense you get in the states. Like this is the real stuff. That's just it's so intoxicating. The smell is just like it just it changes your whole vibration. And then maybe every like five or ten shops, there'd be somebody playing um buddhist monks uh chanting and so like the whole vibration the whole feeling of Kathmandu was just like this is like a different planet like this just feels so amazing to be here right now like i feel blessed and and i think it's it's so interesting how the sound the chanting flowing through the streets of Kathmandu is just it's it's just such a testament in my own personal experience of how these sounds these sacred ohms these sacred hums um it's it's so powerful isn't it absolutely and i i too have walked the streets of Kathmandu, and um i'll say honestly i was i was in a type of shock and awe the whole time i was there because every every you know 10 or 15 feet there'd be some impromptu little altar by the side of the walkway um offerings to some deity or some kind of um you know, communal celebration and just the absolute presence of reverence for life uh, in those communities was just was just astounding. And uh, and when I actually when I was actually traveling in Nepal in 2001, I went to a place called Pokhara, and uh, and there was this um, this temple to the four the four Buddhas of the 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 Asian um, East Asian beliefs. And, uh, and I met a Tibetan man from the local uh, refugee uh, community, and he literally produced a small little handcrafted um, Himalayan uh, singing bowl, which he didn't speak English, nor did I speak the language of the Tibetan people. Um, he, you know, gestured to me that this is something that I was supposed to have. And my guide let me know that it was tradition to make him some kind of, you know, offering of financial compensation, which to me was more than fair, but I still have that same bowl to this day. And I believe that's where I kind of got a type of initiation into the, um, the sacredness of sound healing as a healing modality. And um, yeah, I, I preserve that memory in me for to this day. Wow, that's so amazing. Cause I, I'm looking at mine right now from Nepal, almost very similar situation and actually after I work with my breakthrough sessions and clients, I'll actually um, use that to strike it and have this frequency go throughout my body. And, and it's like, mm, I wonder if it's tuned to a nice frequency, like a, like your kit and as being a technician, but it's like, it feels so good. And you can tell the difference, the way it sounds from like an American bot one that it's, it's definitely in tune to something very spiritual. And I love working with my singing bowl. It's just, it's a beautiful practice. And uh, I wanted to go back a little bit to a question I had about, um, you mentioned entrainment, and I'm curious if this is the same principle, same idea of like, the, it seems really popular now. And a lot of the meditation music is the uh, bioral beats. Is that is that the same ideas as the entrainment? Um, 
it's similar but not the same. Uh, the bi binaural, as it's um, called, is basically two notes that are a measured difference apart from each other. And then um, when they're played, um, because our neurology um, wants to meet and match uh, a certain, you know, harmonic frequency, it'll, it'll lock in on both the notes, the higher and the lower, depending upon how far apart they are in steps. And, uh, and literally, the, 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 our neurology or our brain, as we're fond of calling it, um, will literally create a third note in between in attempt to reconcile the difference between the two notes. And so that becomes your binaural beat. And the beat being that pulsation or, or, uh, or literally that hallucinated sound in between. And, uh, and the basic understanding there is that in, in the practice of using the binaural beats, the, the brain or our neurology or our physiology will literally create the tone or the vibration that we most need for our own healing at that time. So that's, a, that's an additional aspect of, of resonant, um, uh, morphic resonance that we're, we're literally being drawn to that which we need just through the exposure to these, these um, binaural beats. Wow. Yeah, and I, I have to admit, my understanding is still unfolding. You know, I follow some people like Karen Newell and the, um, uh, what's called the, um, uh, I'm going to draw a blank. Um, she's, it's a group she works with in Virginia, and uh, but it, they are using, you know, pure science to measure and, and document all of this. And, um, and the basic understanding is, is that, the, the sounds can be directed towards specific healing. Um, and she works with uh, her, her partner, her life partner, um, Dr. Eben Alexander, who's um, a, a near-death experiencer who once returning from a very intense near-death experience brought on by a coma, um, he had sounds in his head that he couldn't identify with. And through the binaural beats, he began to get a, re, a reproduction of those ethereal sounds that he experienced during his seven day long coma that he was in from yeah oh that's so interesting isn't it there's just there's so much to sound that like you said in the beginning that we're just beginning barely to tap into the potential of of sound healing frequencies vibrations it really is um the future isn't it yeah and just to be clear i did remember it's called the monroe institute and that's uh that's in uh, in virginia Okay. And they are they are pioneering the way in that study of sound, and this is going on worldwide too. The what well, this conversation we're having now, we're participating in a type of global event of people who are looking beyond sound as music, but really starting to see it as medicine, and uh, and that truly will revol is revolutionizing the way uh, we heal our bodies. Our, our neurology, our minds, and also accelerate our spiritual awakening process as demonstrated in the ayahuasca ceremony with the, with the sacred songs that they're using. Yeah, it's almost, um, when I've used the binaural beats, it's, I feel like I get into a deeper meditation like immediately and it's, it's so powerful. It's so, uh, I can feel it my entire body and, uh, so I want to ask you about, about being a, um, a biofield tuning practitioner. Like, 
how does that work? Like, how do you work with a client? Like, if you could walk us through kind of like, what does an appointment with you go like? Like, how does it work? Well, the, it's a one-on-one -on -one session typically, and uh, there is a protocol and uh, the, the client uh, basically uh, submits themselves in a way by, you know, oftentimes laying uh, prone uh, belly up on a massage table you know, comforted with a little bolster under the back of the knees, eye cover, a little bit of aromatherapy and a, a blanket to just increase that feeling of safety. And the tuning forks, which are, you know, scientifically and, and, and uh, engineered to meet these uh, applications are used uh, to work with what's called the biofield or the energy field that's both within and around the human body. And the way it's panning out right now, all of us are walking around with an energy field projecting outwards of six feet all around our body in all, in all directions, 360 degrees. And, um, and so the tuning forks are both a measuring device and for listening, and they're also a sending and receiving device uh, for both uh, sending harmonic frequencies towards the energy field or into the energy field of the client, but also pulling away or restoring some more incoherent or dissonant tones that may be stuck within the, um, the, the energy field, which we often refer to as having memory. Um, much the way water has memory, our energy fields also have memory. And so the, the session runs anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes. And, uh, in, you know, it starts at the feet, runs through the crown of the head. Uh, a pendulum is used as a device for discerning any kind of um, uh, frequencies and vibrations. And, and then, of course, step by step, uh, the practitioner works with the, you know, assortment of tuning forks that are at their disposal in working with that client's energy field. Uh, many times I like to have uh, an open conversation with the client if it's, if it's appropriate and they are providing feedback about what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. There's this investigation of what's called the timeline, which uh, begins, you know, most often from birth and running up through the present day, uh, the more denser energies being at the present day. And the more open and manipulable energies are towards birth, first seven years of life. I like to work in, circle, in cycles of sevens. So I see those as developmental patterns within our, you know, our, our human psyche. And, uh, and the clients respond exceedingly well to this application. It's amazing what comes up. And the tuning forks don't lie. It's really, it's fascinating. Um, you can go in with one intention and the tuning forks and the and the client's energy, if you're paying attention, will guide you towards what they really need the most. It's, it's amazing how it works. I'm, I, I'm, just, I'm stopping just short of saying it's miraculous, but it's miraculous. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And, and so are the tuning forks going like touching the body at all? Are you really like at above the body or like where are the tuning forks in this process? It's both. Uh, there, there, does, there are what's called weighted tuning forks, which you don't hear in uh, openly. But when you put the, the, the stem of the tuning fork while it's vibrating, the weighted ones on the body, you feel the vibration right into your body. So there is definitely 
tuning forks around the body and there's also tuning forks that are applied to the body and and both provide a certain application which is appropriate at the time there's even these little attachments that uh they're called boots and they go on the on the stem of the tuning fork and it just increases the area of contact so that when you take two tuning forks uh, some that are that are identical and yeah, they both have boots and you place one on one shoulder and one on the other and they're both vibrating the the charge of, of frequency and vibration going back between the two tuning forks is um, very relaxing very stimulating I literally watch people's physiology just melt in front of my eyes and I can tell and they often let out some kind of coup or some kind of response like oh that feels wonderful and many people present with physical anomalies, uh, discomforts, but it's actually energetic stuff. And that physical discomfort is the symptom that's alerting them and thus me to the uh, fact that there's some kind of stuck energy. So as you work with the body, as you work with the bio field, all of that physical um, noise starts to clear away. And then the underlying frequency and vibration starts to resolve all on its own. Um, it's almost as if by identifying it, it's, it loosens the knots and chains that are binding it to the physical form and it just moves away all of its own accord. Um, it's, it's, a, it's really, it's a beautiful process to watch. Wow. So is, is, um, I'm curious on when we talk about trauma and mental health or when people have traumas in their life and, and me and you know, as, as master practitioners, or we, we believe that there's like, there's stuck energy, right? And I think it's very similar in that world, but it seems like, is there like mental health benefits to this? Is there clearing, is there releasing through this process for people? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the sound is a great facilitator for helping anyone just to relax. Um, most of our, most of our um, uh, anxieties and depressions and PTSDs and trauma, uh, they, they present um, uh, as, as uh, incoherencies or dissonances. And, uh, and in the presence of these pure tones, harmonic frequencies, and for a prolonged period, let's say an hour meditation, um, we see physiological changes in clients from from start to finish, which are which are amazing, uh, client will present with you know um, a, a heaviness in their facial expression. They'll be they'll be hunched over. Their shoulders will be will be pinching, and uh, and just through a little bit of comforting, you know, laying out on a yoga mat, blankets, eye covers, aromatherapy, a good forty five minutes to an hour of, of of sound through the protocol that that we provide in these sound healing meditations in these detox houses, in these um, mental health uh, house uh, recovery homes, um, they get tremendous relaxation and relief. And you can see it in their facial expressions, you can see it in their behavior, um, their, their willingness to speak openly uh, changes radically just in that one hour's application. And of course, we show up in most cases on a scheduled weekly basis. So many of these clients are getting you know, weekly applications for an hour at a time. And we see them from sometimes six to upwards of um, maybe, gosh, some of them 20, 30 weeks. And, uh, and they get this regular application. It's just amazing how they respond to it. Wow. Oh, I love it so much. And, and so I wanted to ask you um, about 
we, we mentioned the energy field and how we have like this energy field that's about six feet away from our body. And, and uh, I'm curious, is this different than like some people talk about auras or seeing auras or like there's different levels of the energy body that are colors. Like I've seen some books about that. I'm just curious if, if this aura energy field is really the same thing. Yeah, it really is. And what we've what we've been evolving through is the language by which we describe it and how we talk about it. Um, and since it's something too that not too long ago we were basically forbidden to speak about. Uh, There's a lot of demonization about such um, you know uh, uh, pathways of healing that we're really actually coming out of a collective trauma about speaking of energy, speaking of, of healing through, through prayer and through mantra. Um, it's, uh, it's in a way, it, it's the, the language will help us to give ourselves permission to, to participate freely. Um, and, you know, um, we've been such a scientific community, especially in the Western world for so long, uh, we're really having to undo one way of looking at things and usher in a new way of speaking about them, giving ourselves permission uh, to to have a miracle in our lives and, and not think that we're hallucinating, which is a type of judgment to say to somebody, oh, you're just having a hallucination. It's like, well, you know, so wasn't John of the cross. Uh, and um, and the idea is, is are not our visions, our inner visions, valid pathways to divine inspiration and, and divine interpretation. And the sound in some way is helping us to, to experience our inner selves as potentially creators and healers of ourselves and healers of the past. Um, so trauma is lined right up in that regard that it actually is stuck energy in our bio field. And through the use of sound, we are identifying and then, you know, gently coaxing this stuck energy, not out of the energy field, but actually back in towards the center um, and, and, and re reusing it, repurposing it in such a way that it's no longer stuck energy, it's actually usable energy. And there's a type of efficiency within us that when we can identify, capture, and repurpose that traumatic energy, it no longer is a problem. It actually becomes purposeful. And to some extent, it becomes inspiring. Oh, wow. That is so beautiful. I love that. And and I'm it, wow, I just, I'm blown away by this. This is so beautiful. And, and so I'm curious on the... Um, like when you're working with somebody and you have the tuning fork in your hand and, and forgive me if I get this wrong, I'm just imagining this of like, you have the tuning fork and you're kind of moving it through their biofield to, to find things. Is the actual tuning fork changing sounds? Like, can you hear a difference when you hit a place that's stuck or where something needs to move or where you need to work on as the technician? Is, is there a sound that you're hearing there? Yes, absolutely. And not only are you hearing the difference in the, uh, the, 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 the sound of the tuning fork, but you're feeling a vibration coming right up your arm. And, um, and then the third element is actually your own, the practitioner's own intuition. So uh, we learn to listen, not just to the physical sound, 
and the vibration which is coming physically through the arm but there's actually a more of a um, energetic element where my own personal intuition gets activated by the combination of sound frequency and vibration where um, I just know things and uh, and this is not a special gift this is actually something that everyone can do it's just that once again through a long history of distrusting our instincts we've been terribly out of practice in learning how to listen to our own instincts and uh, and how to respond to them um, and so as a practitioner using the tuning forks at first, I have to admit, I wasn't listening very well to my gut. I was just listening to the sound. Because don't forget, I'm a trained musician. So I was always listening to pitch and frequency and duration and as a trained musician. But as a, as a healer, I had to learn to listen with my, with my spirit and my soul and also my own, my own uh, inner neurology, which was, in, which was feeling and sensing things that aren't quite yet measurable by our modern scientific standards. Wow. Oh, I love this so much. And this is just so beautiful and amazing. Um, everything we're talking about is so right up my alley. God, I love this stuff. Um, so I think I'm, I'm feeling pretty ready for a sound healing session. I, I don't know about you. Is there any questions that you, that we didn't hit or what are you feeling like? Um, I'm absolutely happy to share with you. You know, oftentimes my partner, Yumi and I, we talk about how sound healing is completely incomprehensible until you've actually experienced it. We say it's like swimming in the ocean. Uh, the words are insignificant until you've actually gotten into the, into the, the water. Yeah. And so by, we have set up uh, our studio next door and we're prepared to do a 20 minute um, sound healing session. And, um, and the idea is you're, you're sampling some of the instruments in an arranged pattern that uh, definitely will give you a very, um, you know, um, responsible sampling of the, of the sound healing session. Oh, so awesome. And so one last question is, compared to being in person with you and going through an appointment, I mean, how much, how different and what are we going to get through listening to it through headphones or something like that? I, I'm imagining there is an amazing benefit, but is it the same? Is it a little bit different or what's that like? Um, it's not the same, but, uh, but there is this um, basic notion that, you know, through the concepts of remote healing and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, uh, distance healing, uh, you are getting the benefits of it, but it's much more enjoyable when you're in the presence of it because, you know, we are a five senses species, possibly six. And, um, and so we enjoy touch, we enjoy sound, we enjoy visual and, and auditory. I mean, I mean, uh, gustatory, everything is, is delightful to our physical form. So when we can have that pure, you, you know, um, uh, uh, analog experience of sound in the same room. Yeah, it's gorgeous. We have we have favorite rooms that we like to do sound healing in because the whole floor vibrates, the walls vibrate, and uh, and that and that's just a wonderful feedback system that creates this loop of energy. And um, but yes, you can get the full benefit. I do remote healing with the biofield tuning uh, uh, practice with clients that are in different parts of the country. Uh, we use both cell phones and I've even done uh, sessions with clients where there's no audio. Um, it's, it's all holographic. 
Um, it's, it's just conducted at the same time. It's, and there's science to support this. And of course, when you speak to a client and tell you how wonderful that was, um, that's pretty validating, you know, I, um, as far as things go. So yes, you will get, you will get a, a great degree of benefit from just listening, but being in the presence of a sound healing session is really a luxurious experience. Wow. Yeah, I love it. And so, um, yeah, I think we're going to take a break here so you can get set up. I'm going to take a little break here and um, um, I'll be waiting for whatever you need. Are you a new author that's trying to wade through self-publishing of what category should I pick, find the right designer, get an editor? What about the formatting? What's the dimensions that the actual spine of the book have to be? Is it gloss or white paper? There's so many different things that goes on in publishing. And that's why I'm dedicated to helping indie authors that have gone through this healing journey through writing their own book publish that piece of art, publish that amazing work that could help heal others. And here's the thing, is when a book heals the author, the book heals the reader. And this is so huge. I know I say this all the time, but it's so important. And, and I wanna help the world make a huge impact by spreading more books that heal the reader. So if this sounds like you, I want you to go to mountainmindtricks.com publishing. Again, that's mountainmindtricks.com publishing. And if you're wading through should I publish on Amazon? What about Ingram Spark? How do I get my book into bookstores? What should I do to even launch a book? How do I get on podcasts? There's so many things that go into publishing. And again, that's why I'm here for you. I want to publish your book. So if this sounds like you, go to mountainmindtricks.com publishing. Again, mountainmindtricks.com publishing.
that's it, Thomas. Wow, man, I totally melted into my chair. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. And where can people find you? Well, right now we're working locally in Orange County. Uh, we predominantly are in the uh, uh, recovery community. Um, but we have a website that we invite people to go to. Um, it's called hummingbirdsoundhealers.com. And uh, we've just been using that as a calling card to help educate people and, uh, and to kind of get the message out there about the power and the beauty of sound healing. Uh, one of our ambitions for this year, 2021, um, is to do more outside of our local you know, community. So actually being able to do this podcast with you is right on schedule. Um, we're going to be practicing using uh, technology to our advantage, do more broadcasting, get a YouTube channel going. But, uh, you know, there'll be some um, learning curve stuff there. Um, moving out of the analog experience, which is pure organic sound, you know, in the presence of other human beings, to using digital technology to, you know, broadcast over the Internet um, so uh, right now, you know, we're uh, just spreading the word, you know, one tinksha at a time, you know. I love it, man. 